All right. Well, we're actually going to now back up to what led to Matthew Wright's kick. And that is, of course, the biggest talking point from the night, the roughing the passer penalty against Chris Jones, Arrowhead Stadium. I... I didn't know what was going to happen. I honestly thought like fans were just going to like march on the field and take out Carl Sheffers, who by the way, should have a very strong security detail with him following that game. However, we'll get all into it, but you guys had that not happened. Do we still win the game that completely changed the momentum in that stadium and for the chiefs in general? I, I don't think that's a bad question, but the answer is yes. Because he was getting ready to get a strip sack recovery when they were still only down seven. Like, that was the momentum. They they got it right there. He got the huge sack of car and forced the turnover, and they did it. But it certainly drove them to a different way to win. Because I, I mean, I've watched a lot of Chiefs games. I've been covering the Chiefs in Kansas City for like seven or eight years. I've never seen the crowd influence a game that way. He, no. Carl Sheffers was like... He was speaking in tremors. He was like, uh, uh, no foul. It's fine. Wouldn't block in the back. It's fine. Was uh, see weird. you guys later. Like, it was like so uncomfortable. They started, they got together four times to try to decide if it was intentional grounding. And it was for what it's worth. But they're like, guys, guys, if we don't call this intentional grounding after sitting here for so long, is this going to be bad? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to be over dramatic. I know sometimes we get in these games and you get in this moment and all those, and you want to like, be hyperbolic and say those things about it. But that is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. It's on par with the Derek Johnson Ford progress call. It's that level of bad. It's insane. He just or how about him. the one we saw 24 hours ago <laughs> in the Falcons and Tom Brady. It was like, worse than that one. Like Cody, we don't have to go back very far and in, in <laughs> Just Sunday. to find another example of this. And so like now that you've had two horrendous calls that are just almost identical to one another in back-to-back games, like people are on high alert now waiting for this to happen. And like, there's part of me that you're right. Like there's, you have a tendency to be hyperbolic, but there was part of me every single time a quarterback was touched the rest of the game. I was like, Oh, or every single play. I was like, oh, they're going to reach for a flag in the second half to the Chiefs' favor, the third quarter, it was like, Oprah, you get a flag, you get a flag, you get a flag. They were throwing everything at the Raiders. <laughs> I was like, actually... Hey, take it easy on us. We're going we're gonna to even things up here in the third quarter, and then we're going to get back to normal in the fourth. <laughs> like, we'd still like to get I dinner after this. Please, please, please. We would like to get something to eat in public and not be... Because... You joked about getting a security detail. I don't... If they lose that game, Kayla, I'm not sure it's a joke. No. He might need a wig and a mustache. People going to wear Google. Wig, like Inspector Gadget trench coats with the glasses and the n- fake nose and the mustache, like sitting somewhere at the plaza trying to get a salad tonight. It's <laughs> I, I, and you know what? You know what? And you know what pissed me off about this? Like, so like the, the call itself is, is egregious. Sheffers sucks. He's the same ref who called that penalty that led Travis Kelsey after a 2016 playoff game to say, that ref doesn't even deserve to wear stripes at Foot Locker. So mm-hmm. it's not like Sheffers doesn't have this reputation or specifically with the Chiefs, but I'm not going to lie. I was laughing because six straight flags going to the Raiders, including what ended up probably being, could have ended up being a game deciding because it led to a touchdown penalty on the hold for the field goal attempt that was missed. 
Um, Chris yeah. Jones had a rough night with that the was officiating me. crew. Okay, having a rough season. What is the deal with the NFL and their hatred Dude, towards Chris Jones? There's a clip tonight of Max Crosby in Patrick Mahomes' face, and it just looks like he might as well just be like, you're such a punk. Like, he is in his face. Yeah. And the refs are like, have a nice night, Max. Evening. <laughs> like it was it was a poorly officiated boys, game. boys. Yeah, it was poorly officiated on both ends. I'm not going to say that the Raiders fans aren't going to come out of this and be like, what was that holding call? What was that? There were missed calls on both sides the entire night. Just none was none was more egregious than the Chris Jones one. And I didn't like it was I thought it was bullshit that the entire broadcast spent this time trying to justify it through the prism of the Tua injury. Why are you protecting the league? This has nothing to do. One has nothing to do with the other. It's not a quarterback got sacked. Therefore, we want to protect them now. It's a team saw a guy concussed and didn't put him back in the field. It felt league protecting when the broadcast started to go down this road of, you know, and maybe we're just going to call these now because Tua got hurt once. It's not about the fact Tua got hurt. It's that you let him play football after he got hurt. Everyone knows football players get hurt. That's not the mystery. It's the, are you going to let him play? It was just like, I mean, I've seen the Mahomes quotes after. It wasn't the greatest call in the world, which for Patrick Mahomes standards <laughs> might as well be like, it was the most egregiously bad call I've ever seen in my life. I've never heard him be critical of a call ever. We okay. got to see Andy fired up about it, though. Oh, Mr. my God. Steven. Yeah. Kayla, I love I've, fired up Andy Reid. I've oh. seen fired up Andy a couple times in person. It's not great to be on the receiving end of that. I don't remember what I asked him about. I think the, the the maddest I ever saw Andy at me, and he was 10 times as mad at Carl Sheffers, was uh, end of the year press conference after they had lost that. Uh, I don't remember which one. Steelers game. I think when Justin Houston was in coverage on Antonio Brown. And I had asked him at what point of the offseason would he, does he typically evaluate his staff? Which was my polite way of saying, you're going to fire Bob Sutton? <laughs> he did not. He did not like that. So it turns out day after playoff loss, not so much. He circled back two questions later and said, when I get questions like that one, he pointed right at me, <gasps> that one. And I was like, uh-huh. all right, well, back off of that line of questioning. Did you, I mean, I've never, I don't, have you guys seen him that mad before? Honestly, no, memory. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, you, going back to your original question, Kayla, like do the chiefs, win without that maybe but there were also i believe eight penalties called on the raiders in the second half yeah so yeah maybe they they score on that play and it's and it would have been what 14 to 17 Seven. at that point mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're probably feel, feeling pretty good coming into the half but you can't tell me that game would have been officiated the exact same way in the second half where the mm-hmm. i mean it's a defensive holding call on a field goal. When have you ever, on a missed field goal, when have you ever seen that before? And again, I'm not saying the reps were just like, nope, we're calling it, we're calling it, we're calling it. But you know how those things can sort of snowball. And it's just tough for me to imagine the intensity by the Chiefs and the way that game was called in the second half being the same had that call not been made in the second quarter and then seeing the effect that it had on not just the fans, but then the ripple effect that it had on the team. Dude, it and the ripple effect it had on the crew, man. It just, they let the officiating crew have it, have it for 10 straight minutes. That was one of the best things I've ever watched on national television. 
Arrowhead Stadium collectively booing for 20 minutes made me so proud to be a Chiefs fan. Dude, it just made you wonder, like, if they, like, if they don't do, like, it was just like every call was like, ooh. Like, for them, you were like, hope you choose right. They were booing. The fans were booing when they were making, when they were calling flags against the Raiders. I know. <laughs> I just thought you were like, boo, shut up. Just for speaking. Just for existing in this world. It was like, I, it was so like Roger good. Roger the NFL draft. You know, your team could be drafting a future franchise quarterback, but you're going to boo the man who's making the announcement. This feels like such a good emotional boost for this team. I know we'll get into the bills later. This feels like such a good emotional boost for a team on a short week heading into their biggest game of the season. Like at least of the regular season. They're the only two teams with one loss in the AFC. The winner of this game might be the front runner for the AFC. This, the emotion in this game feels great. Feels great going into Is that it. a good thing? Is that a good thing to be riding an emotional high like that going into a game where you're going to need to give every single ounce of energy that you have? I think so. I mean, I'm sure players would tell you different. Like, you know, typically you're saying, like, if you're riding it that there's a letdown getting ready to happen. It's kind of like what I brought up in the last episode, which is you got the Buccaneers, which you knew they were getting up for in Tampa, the place where you lost the Super Bowl to the team you lost the Super Bowl to. You got the Bills in two weeks, which is your biggest competition in the AFC. And then you've got this massive rivalry game in the middle. And we expected this game to be a blowout. It was tight. It was awesome. And I think like right now, this feels awesome and like a great lead into what should be another big week. But it's like, isn't it tough to to maintain that energy level for three consecutive weeks? Probably. I actually like that it was a close game. Had it been a blowout, I think we would have been overly confident going into Sunday's game. I like that we had to fight for this win because it showed us that, yeah, the Raiders are not actually going to be a gimme game like we thought it was. So mm. I like that it was close because it's a little bit of both worlds. We got the win, but we still need to fix some things. The one, um, yeah, I get what you're saying, Nick. I mean, again, it kind of right. But the perk of winning the game is the Bills game means a lot, um, but it doesn't mean as much as they would have lost. What if they lose and then you're heading to play yeah. Buffalo and you could fall to three and three? And like, it's like this game takes, it, it, not only are they riding an emotional high, it takes pressure off of this game. You don't have to walk in there thinking, oh God, we better get it. The, the pressure is lower than it was going into this game from, from that reason alone, I think, just because of the way that this is going to go. But I don't know. A lot of it is just like, I, you know, because we're doing this again right after the game. You get a couple of days and you sit on that Buffalo game, you might start feeling a little bit different in a couple of days. Well, we're going to keep moving here. Um, guys, the defense rallied in the second half, playing the majority without Frank Clark. What are our thoughts on that? By the way, he was out with illness and then comes back. Don't know well, what's going on there. that's Frank. He gets stomach yeah, problems, man. <laughs> as, somebody who, as, a, as somebody who's lactose intolerant, I, <laughs> I'm i not no. going to allow us to... Uh, besmirch that? Besmirch Frank Clark's stomach problems. I have a weak stomach as well. You never I know. sympathy when... for you. Thank you, Can't guys. you just take some pregame Tums or something, Nick? Like, before I go it's drink some work. whiskey, I take some heartburn medicine, you know? I plan no. ahead. Is that really what it was? It's so he has like some issues? sort of like 
Yeah, so he, this is a long history with Frank. This is pretty much why he only misses time anymore. He never has like a hamstring anymore. He even said to us in training camp that he'd stop drinking and eating red meat. And for the first time in a long time, he felt like maybe those problems were behind him. Turns out they're not. Now, it might just be, you know, football, a very violent sport, also agitates some inner part of his body. But yeah, anytime it's illness, it's he has stomach issues. And I don't know that it's a main problem, but the defense stepping up in the second half doesn't change that. Nick Bolton was everywhere. And at least we had to stop seeing, I know, you're a big, big Mizzou gal, Caleb. <laughs> he, he was everywhere. He, he just was. And they stopped picking on Fenton quite as much. And the rookie corners' names were getting called as much. And weirdly enough, a player I wasn't intending on saying had a big impact in the turnaround of the defense in the second half, Colin Saunders. Was I the only one who saw him break up multiple plays at the line of scrimmage? I, I forgot he existed on the roster. What's weird is you look at the box score and you say, okay, well, they only had four drives, the Raiders did in the second half. Two of them went for points, right? They went punt, field goal, touchdown, and then obviously the their last drive of the game. But they were killing the Chiefs on the ground. Josh Jacobs had his best game of the season, 21 rushes, 154 yards, we joked about Travis Kelsey's stat line being hilarious. Devontae Adams' stat line is similarly hilarious to me because yeah. if you would have told me without looking at the numbers, like, what did he do? I would have said, oh, seven for 160. He had three catches. <laughs> Devontae Adams had that three was it? catches, but for 154 or 124 yards, excuse me. And two scores. And, and he abused he abused Fenton on that one. Like Fenton was trying to hold him, and he couldn't. Even, he wasn't even like close enough in the coverage to hold him. Nick, he's like trying to grab at his waist. Like, oh god, please don't go. And then he split the two rookies. He went right in between. Well, that was a he played Cook and Watson. That was a perfect throw. That it was, was a perfect throw by Derek Carr. So there's part of me that said, well, it was really your run game, which has been sort of your saving grace all season. Your run defense. And that one play to Adams in the second half, that one catch by Adams in the second half is really the only explosive play that the Chiefs gave up. Other Outside. than that, it was just they were just getting gashed on the ground. And they were still getting gashed late. I mean, Jacobs was still doing work late. It was still a problem. And I felt like a lot of it, some of it was just that there were big open lanes and they were getting bullied a little bit. But they missed six, ten, six to ten tackles tonight, right? I mean, it, it had to be around there, didn't it? There were several other times that I think they would have gotten off the field with a punt and didn't because of missed tackles. 